Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's a podcast about rugby and even better, the Springboks won. Joining me today on this glorious Sunday, and even uh, it was even a glorious day yesterday, I mean it could have pissed with rain and everything would have been good with the world. It's Alex, Cape Town, is it raining there right now? Alex? It, it's not, it's incredibly sunny, it's a beautiful day in Cape Town. Yeah, that's what happens when the box win. Um, oh no, everything suddenly gets better. Everything just turns up roses. Uh, <laughs> and Ben, he's here, uh, as always, how are you Ben? I'm wondering yourself, Alex. I'm excellent. I really am excellent, I must say. I, I, I do think this will probably... Um, the shine will come off once we start talking about the specifics. But I'm good. And then Matt, he's here too. How are you, Matt? Not too bad. Are you ever like, oh, not come too on. bad? Come <laughs> 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 I was fine. I know. I'm going to be better than that. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, last week I wasn't not too bad. I, I changed it up last week. Um, this week I know I'm pretty good. <laughs> but I thought I'd return to form for, for, you know, for such a special occasion. Uh, thank you, Matt. Right, just a quick, quick look at today's episode. Naturally, we're going to be chatting rugby championship. Uh, first, I think maybe, do we want to do the Argentina-Australia game as the hors d'oeuvre? Um, yeah, why not? Yeah, start there. Start yeah, there. Start there. Find out groove. Um, yeah, and then, we, and then we can do the main cause of South Africa and New Zealand. But before then, we're just going to chat about some news. Uh, we've, got, we've got quite a bit to cover today. I'll just go through some Pro 14 and Curry Cup results. And towards the back end, uh, we have two special features. I think the one will actually kick off with a, a letter we received mm-hmm. from our friend Andrew, who is a friend of the pod. And then towards the end, in terms of our, in terms of the WhatsApp group, uh, we're going to be talking Banner Brothers and which which players. Oh yeah. And, and which players represent the Banner Brothers um, <laughs> actors or characters? Excuse me, they really did exist. Not the actors. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, not the actors. I don't want to insult the actors who did the stuff in World War Two. Uh, Matt and Ben, do you know Banner Brothers that well? No. Yes, I don't think I don't. I've watched it a few times, but I don't know if I know it yeah. as intimate as I should to be um, relating characters to rugby yeah. players. But I'll, I'll give it a crack. Yeah. yeah. But, but Matt, do I, do I correctly understand that you have not watched Band of Brothers? What? You correctly understand? Yeah. You're, oh my god. Okay. Well. Yeah. You got. You got to get on that. Can you... we pause the pod and just give <laughs> give Matt a quick uh, ten hour break? Yeah, yeah just let me catch up at least a season or two. Yeah, I've actually... Oh, there's, only, there's only one season. season. There's only one war. Jesus. The miniseries. Okay. What? Ben, what do you mean there was only one war? There was how many wars? No, <laughs> no, I, I, that's actually, but then there's this Pacific, which is sort yeah, of like uh, the Band of Brothers, well, but it's not as it good. Been? No, it's a bit average. Um, but I'm jealous you haven't watched Band of Brothers for it the was, first time. It wasn't as pretty. The sun was shining and stuff. No, yeah, but uh, the, I mean, the Pacific Theater was basically just AK-47s on the beach with samurai swords. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or not. Just to boil it down to as simple as possible. <laughs> yeah. And defend like everyone on every side. <laughs> all right. All right At some point, someone lifted a flag. I remember correctly. Yeah, that's an Iwo Jima. Uh, all right. Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's kick things off with Andrew's letter. Should I do the letter? Yeah. yeah so, he was raging. Yeah. Uh, oh, he, he wasn't. Yeah, sorry. Who's that? I was gonna say, shouldn't the let, shouldn't we save the letter for when we talk about the box in New Zealand? Um, no, no I've already, oh, I've already told the listeners. I've already told the listeners that. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. Please, 
Um, no worries. All right, so so we got a. As you guys probably know by now, we we do get uh, correspondence from time to time. Uh, we don't always read out everything, but uh, when it's particularly you know well well made point, then we do tend to give it a bit of airtime. So you guys will remember last week we discussed uh, a, a bit of a mad idea of mine, which was if we switch the halfbacks. Or Ben actually put it forward. If we switch the halfbacks from from the All Blacks, do we as South Africa end up with the best team in the world? That's kind of what it boiled down to, and my I was I was pretty adamant that we did, and um, for a couple of reasons. Adam, uh, sorry, a- Andrew has written into the pod and he felt very differently, um, but he I won't go into all the details, especially because as we'll discuss later, you know, the Springboks apparently don't need Aaron Smith and Burton Barrett to beat the All Blacks, but he basically felt that. There were only three current players in the Springboks that were better than their. Um, so if we switch the, all, the halfbacks, there are only three players in the starting lineup for the Springboks that beat the All Blacks yeah. in the opposite numbers, and that was um, the two halfbacks, so Aaron Smith and Burton Barrett, and then the last one was Khaleesi. He feels like Khaleesi is a better player than, than Sam Ken. So fair enough, and that's on the basis of you know just pure head-to-head who beats whom in the positional matchups. Uh, he did send the, then send through a follow-up email after I had a bit of a chat with him explaining my, I don't know, my thinking, I guess. And he he feels like um, he still thinks that it's the All Blacks are a better team from one to fifteen, even if we switch nine and ten, which is fair enough. Um, I just wanted to to clarify for anyone who was also on the fence about it or felt like I was just talking way too much shit. My view is based on us having our strongest possible Springbok lineup, so not the lineup that we've ha- we've had the last couple of weeks. So it includes, for example, Dwayne Vermeulen at eight, who I think is at least as good as Kieran Reid, if not better. And then it includes Wilco Lowe at three, who I think is better than uh, Carl Tuinograffe or Owen Franks. And um, then if you switch over the halfbacks, you, you end up with actually a pretty close head-to-head score. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's just the the letter from Andrew. So thank you very much, Andrew, for writing in. And um, you know, I'm glad you feel strongly about it. I'm, I'm glad we could agree to disagree. I think it's certainly not a universal truth. But um, yeah, I think it was a fun a fun thought experiment, if nothing else. Even though it has now been rendered moot. But we'll yes. get to that later. Yeah, just I mean, uh, the Springboks are definitely the best team in the world now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that that's yeah, been proved. Yeah, yeah, we know we know that much <laughs> categorically. <laughs> Right, it's uh, moving more into into the news. This one comes from the Guardian. It came out on Wednesday, twelfth, by Robert Kitson. Uh, World Rugby's uh, Augustine Pich is a Pichot. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I didn't get that wrong. Ward's international game is facing ruin, uh, and I quote: "One of the rugby's most senior officials has warned that the entire future of the international game is under threat unless the sport takes urgent action within the next twelve months." Augustine Pichot, World Rugby's vice chairman, has called for unions and the clubs to hammer out a fresh collective tenure blueprint for before next year's World Cup in Japan, admitting the current financial model is not working. Uh, 18 months ago, World Rugby announced an historic agreement in San Francisco that was intended to give clarity to the global calendar until 2032. Pichot has now revealed, however, that fresh discussions on how to make the test, test game excuse me, more viable will be held in Sydney later this month, except there are a lot of problems that we need to discuss. Uh, there are a few more passionate administrators anywhere than Pichot, and the former Argentine captain's grandma is genuinely concerned. The time is running out to save the traditional test game from the financial abyss, just as quote. If you ask me as a businessman, the business side of it is not working. If you ask me as the playing side, it's not working. 
Is the national game under threat? I think it is. Look at the balance sheets of some nations and you can see exactly where we stand. By the 2019 World Cup, we need to have a blueprint for the next 10 years. On a scale of 1 to 10, I think we're, we're 4 out of 10 now in terms of finding a solution. But before we were not even on the chart, we need to push that needle from 4 to at least 6 or 7. I'm not going to be an accomplice to rugby's ruin. So uh, this also just comes down, comes from the Premiership clubs. They turned down uh, an offer of £275 million, pounds, or 51% of the league. I know there's been talk now Pro 14 are looking for private investment. Um, and the fact of the matter is the clubs, the club game itself is also cherry picking the cherry picking international players. It's been happening in South Africa for a long while, but I think people are beginning to see it also reverberate in Australia and it's beginning to happen in New Zealand. Uh, I mean, talks pretty much since, eh? Apparently it's, it's the English yeah. clubs that are bucking uh, the calendar change, which primarily will be shifting the June window at present to July. So the Super Rugby runs all the way through, moving the Six Nations. Uh, or the alternative option is shifting like the June, July test to October, and so you have like one long test season, something of that nature. I don't know. There's there's talks about just realigning the calendar, but yeah, it all makes sense. Really, he's not wrong. Just uh, just one thing. I, I can't really let the slide, but as a businessman, um, your balance sheet actually isn't very relevant in your day to day running of a company. He should be referring to his his income statement or his cash flow statement, because really your your balance your balance sheet literally can't look bad. Like it's just it is what it is. But your income statement or your cash flow statement could look bad. Just you know, Augustine, if you want to pretend you're a businessman, at least use the right terminology. Yeah. I'm concerned. My only concern was him saying, as a businessman and a player, he didn't need to differentiate, seeing as both of them had bad outcome or bad outputs. But what what do you do you think? Ooh, am am I echoing on your side? Uh, a little bit. No, you can't. I think I think you you may be just making such a good point that we have to hear it twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like this. But but what what do you think the main the main cost is in the international game? Because mm. uh, their, their salaries aren't aren't crazy. Uh, yeah, but it's and cost is surely going to be maintenance of um, wait uh, so in the international game. Yeah, uh, it's, there's, there's silly things. It's like there's the whole there's the whole admin staff of a national side. It's all their physios and all that. It's a training. They have to pay. They have to rent a training pitch, and if they're playing a playing away, they've got to rent a training pitch in a foreign land. They don't just get given it normally. But, 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 but to me, this isn't the the expenses. Are roughly the same as a club side, surely? Yeah, no. Look, it's I mean, it's not hidden surprises, but there are sort of more expenses than just you know picking guys a new kit and coaching them for a couple of weeks. There are You're there not. are some deep picks, but you've basically got to run a club for two weeks. But, but they, they, yeah, so it should be cheaper. Are a lot more lucrative. Yeah, because obviously, uh, like like Springboks All Black gets a full a full crowd, where the Super Rugby Final doesn't even get a full crowd. And like TV TV rights, you can obviously sell them for more. Your sponsorships for your national team, I presume, are higher. I don't I don't have the balance sheet in front of me, uh, but but yeah, so I, I don't really I don't really understand how financially they're in a bad position because last week as well they were saying that. England rugby or whatever it's called, uh, the the English RFU, they very strong financially, but the yeah, clubs though, are the I think, 
because the clubs in a way are actually bearing a bulk of the expenses because they're the ones who are having to basically pay the player salaries to um, to pay for their physios to pay for all the staff that kind of gets the players ready for international games and then the sort of the the national size can just sort of milk off that they can just kind of take all the hard work the club put in and kind of cash it out yeah I think I think the national sides that are struggling that we mustn't forget there are teams from ranked sixth in the world down to 20 that that was probably the one struggling the guys in the Pacific Islands Canada I mean is going look what they had they had to fold their sevens into their 15s and half their sevens is on strike at the moment I think a majority of their sevens teams on strike at the moment so I think that when they say into that, they should specify that the the international side that's struggling is most probably the the lower end of the lower end of the spectrum. Yeah, like I know, like Fiji and, and Samoa and that always struggle just because they're not very wealthy countries, essentially. Yeah, yeah but some, some, have, somewhere like somewhere like Canada that, that that is poor administration. Yeah. Okay. And none uh, of them really have club scenes there either. Yeah. All right, well, look, let's just put a pin in, in that for this so we, we can move on. But, uh, yeah, uh, more to come. We'll, we'll just see what happens. And I think the, the people who need to make the biggest changes are, are the clubs, particularly uh, France and the UK. Uh, right, next story, Rugby World Cup. It's likely to be expanded uh, by number of teams. Next year's Rugby World Cup, this comes from Mark Cleary. I think that's part of the Telegraph. But it's on an Australian website. Anyway, next year's Rugby World Cup in Japan could be the last to be 20 teams as the governing body looks to expand its horizons and reach out into new territories. Potentially, following football's lead, rugby might increase the number of competing sides at a trophies event as early as France uh, 2023, hashtag the World Cup that was stolen. But almost certainly, four years later, if money and power are considered contributing factors of football's decision to take its total teams to 48 by 2026, also a terrible decision, and increase to 16 countries, rugby's stated intention is to be more inclusive by opening up to emerging nations. One of the criticisms at the sport is that it has been a closed shop made up of the old boy founder members. Uh, there was an increase from 16 to 20, 20 teams in the 1999, 1999 tournament. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, for next year's tournament, the final stage of qualification featuring a repertage event in Marseille uh, in November with Kenya, Germany, Hong Kong, and Canada. They're going to battle it out just for the last mm. last spot. So, um, yeah, I I know just to quickly hop back on the previous story, the, the previous agreement those Oaks struck was that the emerging nations would get a big increase in fixtures, off a low base, uh, a big increase in fixtures to face more established nations. So it's all well if they do this, but I mean, the only thing that always concerns me is these emerging nations don't get an opportunity to play the bigger ones, and they get to the World Cup and they lose by 60 points. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. People say, oh, no, we shouldn't have these sort of teams. Um at the World Cup. I, I kind of like the idea. I just kind of think they're setting up the smaller teams to fail because they don't get an opportunity to play the better teams after that. Okay, can yeah. I suggest in, instead of including all the teams in the World Cup, why aren't there more peripheral tournaments? Because, you know, like in football, they have the, the Euros, then they have the, the yeah. South American Championships, then they have, I presume they have they have the African Cup of Nations. Why, why aren't there equivalent things in rugby where it's a single venue tournament? It's not a, it's not like it's not like rugby championship where all the teams move around. It's like okay, this year we are in South Africa, and we're having the Southern Hemisphere tournament there, which is structured the same as a World Cup with groups and knockouts and semi-finals or whatever. And then you have that say once every once every two years or whatever, because that that would that would give the the smaller teams exposure 
but then it wouldn't make the World Cup ridiculous because you because you need time to recover after a rugby game. If they want to put whatever it is, 24 teams in the World Cup, the World Cup's going to take like two months and people are just going to lose interest. Yeah, that's also the biggest problem. But I almost almost a repeat of my previous comment as well. The teams they want to add are the teams that they are struggling for money. And a World Cup is probably the biggest drain on that money. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's difficult. Like, Because part of me feels like we... Like they've got the right intention, but I, like I, I kind of agree with Adam. Like they're they're setting them up to fail. Like it's not meaningful um, development for those nations because we're going to look at either Hong Kong, Kenya, or Germany coming into the World Cup for the first time in their history. So they've clearly developed, but they're not going to get any better on the basis of this this World Cup specifically. They're not going to get better by playing the All Blacks and Springboks. I wouldn't think. They're going to get better by playing more regularly against guys like Georgia and Italy and like Samoa and Fiji. So it doesn't make more sense to have a sort of a qualifying tournament in a way for the rugby championship and the Six Nations, for example. And then they actually on a regular basis, an annual basis, can compete for the chance to play those top teams once a year instead of just having a, a seat at the big table every four years. So, you, so you're saying if something like you expand the six nations to like seven nations, and then you're saying okay, there's always one spot that can be qualified for something yeah. like that. Yeah, one spot that's open. So you get six direct invites, and then one or two spots that's that's qualification based. Yeah, I'll, 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 yeah. Do you know? To, to be honest, that's going to do a lot more for these countries than just lump, just chucking them into a World Cup every four years and being like, okay, cool, go learn to swim in fucking shark-infested waters or whatever. Like, it's not going to help. Mm, yeah. Mm. Okay. Do you think them throwing Georgia into the that Pacific Cup amongst Samoa, Tonga, and Fiji, no. that's most probably a step in the right direction in, the, in that line? Yeah, but there, there was, because it, it was quite good, because what was Japan's little thing? They, had, they played Italy and Georgia, and then did did Italy play Georgia as well? No, Italy didn't play Georgia. Georgia played basically everyone in the Pacific Ocean, so Tonga, Fiji, Samoa, and Japan. Yeah, like like little tour, like I think that's a lot better for right, uh, for for development than yeah. Um, yeah anyway. All right, let, uh, let's just move on. Just move on to some super rapid news. First of all, starting off in Australia, it seems like uh, Red's bad boy or former captain James Slipper, he's set to join uh, the Melbourne Rebels. He's also going to be joining Quake Cooper, who's joining the Melbourne-based side. Um, they're going to apparently get him on a bargain-based price because Slipper gets paid a $500,000 contract, and he's been frozen out by uh, Brad. The guns tell the story. She, not Thorn. Excuse me. Sorry. But just a quick run-through of some of the guys. This is Matt Tamur. He's also coming back and to Australia for Super Rugby, and he's going to play for the Rebels. They also got Corey Betty. Okay, he's not great. Reese Hodge, Dan Hedepetti, Jack Maddox, Adam Coleman, George Lisi. Now it's Matt Tamur, Will Genia, and uh, James Slipper, and one of the Coleman brothers. So that, the Rebels are building very nicely, chaps. Uh, mm. uh, they, they need some more forwards if they lose, because yeah. they're losing Muffy and Tamani. Yeah. So, yeah. so they... They're going to have, like, a great back line that's never going to see the ball. It's fine. Jordan Ulysses will, will have a good season. It's destined. Who? Jordan. <laughs> Moneyball? J- Jordan? Huh? Oh, uh, right. <sighs> okay. Uh, um, elsewhere, Tanu Umanga. You've seen a few memes on the internet talking about Tanu Umanga, uh, the man. 
uh, some referring to him as God in Auckland country, but he's coming back to play for the Blues at the age of 36. You mean, you mean Mahanonu? You mean Mahanonu? Oh, Ma- 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 Wait a second, dude. Who was I saying? You're talking about Tony. Oh, my God. Sorry. Oh, my God. I'm box and have a quick run out. Things are bad in Auckland, but they're not that bad just yet. This thing again, and you could just edit this out? No, no, no. This is uh, yeah, uh, this is back. classic details. Yeah, details might be on. is back. He's playing for the Blues. I got a question though. Is Sonny Bill he's still going to be there, right? At the Blues? Yeah. yeah. Then what about uh, George Wilder? Some say he might co jump again. Uh, not be, not before like the end of the Not before World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Not in the World Cup. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's like a. He's a leader, but then I mean they're leaving George. Unless they're gonna play George Moala in the wing or something. I don't know. Uh, well, let's assume that that um, Sunny Bill's gonna be fit. Yeah, because he, he's had issues. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, he's but coming I, back. Uh, so I he, don't know, Moala's been been average. So I don't think they got a problem displacing no. him for Moala. Where do you I, think, I think you could play you could play Sonny Bull on the wing as well? I reckon. Uh, where, where do you think Moala's uh, gonna be in our draft? Where's he gonna get picked? Um. <laughs> I think I think we're looking at top five rounds. I think. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well. Uh, no, no, no. I, I reckon he would be. Uh, He'd be like a well, third round a, pick. Would he be a first, would he be a first choice center? Nah. No. I'd say like no, third. No, no. I'd say like third uh, round pick. No, third no, round. but third, third round provided everyone's yeah you know, top top five rounds maybe top no, ten top. Five, top no. You welcome to take him in the, in the third, in the top three rounds. No, <laughs> I'm not going to talk you out of this. Buddy ball, Adam. You'll be, be big sold as a fly half, and uh, you can try and bank on it. Oh, the, the problem is, don't forget, Adam Nonu had. Let's just. I'm just going to talk you from the edge. Nonu had his worst season for the Blues. So. Okay. Well, thanks for uh, shutting all over my dreams, Matt. Okay. You know. With, uh, I'm just talk, talking you from the edge, so just careful. <laughs> oh no, Adam. Adam. De- definitely draft the 36-year-old past prime coming back from Europe. That's a yeah, good option. That's a bench yeah, player. Anyway, no, no, I've been sucked in. Uh, we've been sucked <laughs> in. Draft him, Adam. Draft him. Like, like when we, when we, we'll chat a bit more about draft next year, but I'm just saying, he's coming back. Uh, right, just to quickly run through some Curry Cup results that took place on, what's today, the 16th? On Friday, the Blue Bulls took on the Pumas at Fortress Lotus. They won 39-29. Uh, the Lions, I was a bit disappointed by this. They got absolutely throttled by Western Province, losing at Ellis Park 38-65. I think Province were like 50-10 up at some point. And then the Grick was hammered the free state, as we did predict, 52-24. So in terms of the actual logs, so I haven't, actually haven't, we haven't bothered checking in a while. After five, let's see the Bills, they're top of the log. And after five games played, three wins, two losses, they're on 17 points, followed by the Lions. Um, they are second on 16 points after four games. Western Province, they're looking good. They're actually unbeaten. They've won three from three. They're on 15, the same as the Sharks. Grick Whistle, fifth. Uh, they've won in three, they're on eight points. Puma, seventh. And Free State, last, unsurprisingly, because all their players are playing Pro 14. Moving to... Jesus, pro- how... Sorry. Yeah? I was going to say, how can you have in a tournament, there are two teams who've played four games, uh, I mean five games, and two teams have only played three? Don't know. That's just... I'm, as, as they're playing so few games already, and there's such a disparity. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. No, it is. <laughs> the, the, the fact yeah, that it's inevitable. Like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, we were talking about trying to merge the Super Rugby and Curry Cup seasons a while back, and like this is exactly the kind of thing that would end up happening. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's it seems fine on paper because you're like, well, you know, you got game in hand, games in hand, it won't, it won't really matter. But how the fuck it is? matters. It matters. It matters oh. when you're playing. 
your sixth game against a team that's playing their third game, um, and they've you know got far more players un- uninjured and are just generally you know they're like still at the beginning of their season basically. Yeah, so, no. it's, it's it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. this is poor. I don't know what whoever I, I just think, did the schedule just did not really weird for the team. It's going to be like playing nine holes of golf where you just like, oh, okay, I guess we done, done now. now. Like, yeah. like, yeah, it's too, it's too short. Like, it's going to be like you barely hit your your straps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, anyway, mm. uh, we, we know the flaws. Talking of of flaws, uh, Pro 14 results. On Friday, Edinburgh beat Connacht 17-10. Munster beat Ospreys 49-13. Leinster beat the Dragons 52-10. Uh, the Scarlets, they beat uh, Treviso 38-29. The Cheetahs, uh, they were 19-14 they were up at half-time against the Glasgow Warriors, but then lost 24-52 in Bloemfontein. Uh, is that the exact same result as... Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's actually right. It's the same result as the current cup. And but the universe was too lazy to come up with another permutation. Yeah. <laughs> Zebra... That happened twice. That happened twice this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Zebra beat Cardiff 26-24 at a game that's just finished. Uh, the Kings lost 7-28 to Arsenal. <sighs> Fuck, it was a shit game to watch. So, so, so really, really, in all those fixtures, not one game was actually close. No. Not one game no, was uh, close. 34-36. Um, just a, a, very, a very quick look at the logs in Conference A. Uh, the Glasgow Warriors lead Conference A in 14, they're 3 from 3, followed by Munster and Zebra, who are both 3 from 2 and 10 points each, with Ospreys lining up in 4th with uh, all three ends. Cheaters at bottom of the log. Uh, I'd hate to look at their points difference. Conference B, Ulster, they're 3 from 3, they're sitting on 12 points. And then it's uh, Leinster, they're 3 from 2 and 11. Then Scarlets are uh, three from, uh, 2 from 2 from 3, excuse me, on 10 points. And then uh, Treviso. Uh, they are nine points, so the Italians are doing better. So that's that's a very quick update. Uh, Matt, do you assume we're open by any chance, or so we can we just do that a little yeah. bit later? Okay, we'll do that a little bit later. Yeah, uh, yeah I've got it open. Okay, excellent. How did I we can do, confirm. How did we do, by the we, way? We, we had, I mean, thankfully we had a shocker for the rugby championship this weekend. I mean, we got we only batting fifty percent this weekend for rugby championship. Oh goody. <laughs> Lucky, lucky we backed Argentina. I reckon the majority of people got zero for rugby championship on Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah, uh, actually a surprisingly big number. Twenty-seven percent backed Argentina. Although I, I don't know. That one, yeah, so that one we even got a yeah. match point for. We got the margin we're, we're point. Worse odds than that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so like, let's move on to the rugby championship. We're going to start off with Australia versus Argentina at the Super Super Stadium in the Gold Coast. I've actually been to the Gold Coast. Um, quite pretty around there long ass beaches and all that sort of stuff uh, Argentina they were on the ropes right at the end with Israel Folau charging towards the trial line here Bernard Foley opened with meters of space in front of him and did not pass he wanted the glory he wanted the trial line fever guys Argentina mm. deserved to win though wasn't the best of games Australia were pretty much as poor as uh, they were last week except South Africa were poorer um, yeah Argentina um, deserved to win another, arguably the second best side in the rugby championship Thoughts? I think uh, that's yeah. yeah, I do think they... Because also they had, like... Like, I know techni- like they had three tries disallowed by the TMO, like, basically yeah. on, like, the last pass or something. Yeah, well, so, one was foot in touch, one was the last pass, which... Yeah. Actually, the score should have been... I'm a bit... Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it, clearly, could have, could have it clearly shows they were, they were in the right areas. Like, they, yeah, were, yeah. they were breaking the Aussie line. They were... How good are the Argentinian wings? Sure. They're good. 
Yeah, they are good. such heat. And uh, Maroney, I thought that center was, was really good too. And Delgai. And Delafonte. It's not Delafonte. Delgai's a wing. Yeah, he said the wing. Delafonte is 12. Yeah, but... Um, but yeah. Uh, no, I'll ask this question on the group. Guys, but with Bowden Barrett kicking like he is, would you say uh, Nicolas Sanchez is the best flyer in the rugby championship <laughs> and therefore the world because we don't care about Northern Hemisphere rugby? Um, I would say he, he definitely has the best kicking style. 100%. Like, he, 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 he's so goddamn smooth. It's like an... Uh, uh, no, but honestly, like, like, it's not just his passing game spot on. He's composed. He's kicking well. He's kicking well out of hand and off the uh, tee. He's running... His exits, and his exits weren't that great for, for a period look, in the first half. I, I think there's the, if you must also look, I think about half the Australian team was told to mark him because he <laughs> couldn't breathe with at least two Australians on top of him. Yeah, so to play under up. that pressure and still have him do what he was doing, I reckon the, the, Oaks, the Oaks got a bit of Catholic God help on his side. Uh, uh, speak, speaking, of, speaking of Catholic God help, um, or, or not Catholic God help, just, um, actually, definitely not Catholic God help. Just forget I've entered the Catholic. <laughs> I don't want to get on. No, yeah, but uh, I, I also acknowledge that Johnny Sexton is a good player. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were talking about Northern Hemisphere. But yeah, like he, I think he's probably got the inside inside edge on Bodie after this weekend. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. let's not forget that Richie Moanga didn't play this weekend. Yeah, so... so- so, I, I'm, I'm confident in saying that if he had played, we would have lost. So, Richie, so by virtue of not playing and Bowden having, by our terms, a shocker, mm. Moanga's Mo- stocks have definitely risen by not playing this weekend, essentially. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Um, I, I accept that. Just, I'm looking at just the, the stats uh, on attack. The RGs, they only had 14 turnovers. They only conceded 14 turnovers compared to 20 uh, by the Australians. Their pass list, uh, 119 versus 196 for the Australians. Uh, the Aussies beat more defenders. They had more clean backs. They had more carries. Uh, they had more meters. They scored more tries. Um, the RGs also made more tackles, 119 to 89. They missed 31 to 24, so their defense not great. But they won nine turnovers versus five. So, and penalties, yeah, they had three from four. That was the difference. Who says kicking is dead in the international game? They must all talk to Robert Dupriere. He knows how to kick and win games. I know only at super rugby level. And also kick more out of hand. So, I, I just so a very quick mention, something we forgot to mention in the news. It's just that horrible incident that happened with uh, Luke and Tui. Uh, I was a fan. He apparently, he had an altercation with a fan in the stadium following the end of the stand with the fan telling shouting at him that they should play with more heart. The fan apparently pushed Tui's sister. It's it's not known whether he knew it was Tui's sister, but also uh, Tui's stepfather also died uh, this previous week. And yeah. Tui has since told his, t- his teammates that he's not going to play rugby again for the rest of the year. So to that fan, who uh, acted like a complete knob, I know he was like removed forcibly by another fan, uh, you are a massive asshole. So, you know... I don't <laughs> we know you're listening. We know you're listening. Like this is, this is you, you our power is. We have tremendous power. We moved Creel to the wing, so we, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we do have. Yeah, that, 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 more importantly, we, we gave Rassi the tactic to beat the All Blacks as well. Yeah. So, so the wind goes. Yeah. So uh, beyond that, that's just a horrible incident. Uh, rugby, we all get passionate about it, but nothing's worth that sort of value. And our guy like two, who's had a pretty awful week. 
Um, he's going to be missed out. Yeah. He's a young guy. He's 21, 22. So, uh, yeah. He's actually He's actually... I thought on the field he was he was not lacking for heart or passion or whatever. Yeah, he really he made a lot like, of mistakes and stuff, but like yeah, but that, that's that's not heart. That's just no, no, like, no, sure, sure. I just like I can understand why why like he might have been very frustrated after the game and not in a great headspace. Um, but I, I'm hoping that like he doesn't follow through on what he said about not playing because that's not the way well, to deal with it. Like yeah, no, he's. Check has confirmed he's not traveling now with the yeah. rest of the squad. So he's a, at least missing the rest of rugby championship. But Checker says he does want to talk him back into playing yeah. rugby. Oh, man, so Check has accepted. Prove the guys wrong, you know? Yeah, I think Tui, Tui said as well himself, the only reason he played this weekend was that's what his dad would have wanted. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, but uh, maybe, maybe, maybe with his step that he just actually needs the time to get his house in order. Yeah. And like, so, so it wasn't as sort of reactionary as it seems. Like maybe he's like, no, listen, I need a, I need a month or so just to kind of, you know, get into the right headspace again or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, we'll, we'll leave it there. But that guy's an asshole. But uh, no, going, going, going back to the rugby, um, I think hands down, New Zealand, uh, Australia. Excuse me, I'm talking absolute nonsense. Argentina, the most improved international side this year. It's amazing what a changing coach does. Hey, they changed both their coaches uh, for the Aguilares and for the Pumas, and they're performing well. And the one thing I really like about their rugby, sure they're awful though, but one thing they're particularly good at, uh, I mean, they usually they rely a lot on their Lucys uh, as their big ball runners, uh, along with a guy like Lavellini. When their guys get tackled, um, I mean, you get guys offloading in the tackle, trying to free the arm, they do that. But what they're particularly good about is going to ground quickly. And before a ruck forms, there's someone running so in. It'll pop up. up. Yeah, exactly. They are very good at yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, that really that really good try because that because Matera broke from yes. like the 22. Ooh, yes, that was good. And Jeez, then he popped was... ground. And who was running support? Was it the lock? Uh, I think it was eleven. Yeah, I think it was Matera yeah. Levenini, Then someone else, I think. And, and then the locks just being like, "Oh fuck!" I back myself to throw like an audacious skip pass off my wrong. Jeez, hand. yeah, that lock pass, that skip pass was. That was one that bounced like a foot away from Delgi, and he just sort of scooped it up as well. Yeah, but like, like, like that—that's kind of that's confident, that's ball in hand confidence. Like, like yeah. not many. That—that's that's all black esque almost, huh? Yeah. Because everyone's everyone. Yeah, because I mean, Argentina's essentially—they've sort of changed their mind, going from the set piece dominant side that they've always tried to be, and sort of under under Ledesma, they've sort of developed a more sort of skills based sort of running around rugby game, which is yeah. I think been a lot more fun to I know this game got a lot of people complaining it was scrappy it was untidy but I don't know I really enjoyed watching it it was a lot of fun to watch but even, I think uh, the yeah, was, it was scrappy but you know that's how the Argentinians like it it's like what they say it's, yeah. like, it's like wrestling with a pig in mud after yeah. like two hours you figure out the pig loves it uh, the, yeah. as even Sanchez's try the first Argentinian try again um, I think it was their 12 Del Fonte who got tackled close to the line and um, Sanchez just ran it's such a great support line popped it up boom right there he's on a big oak but look uh, I know Israel Fly cost the Aussies the game but his try was bloody fantastic as well that's the that's funny thing hey a lot of cuck play but it's really cracking tries especially in the I think ones. So, so I mean I wanted because as you guys know I didn't watch well, the game live the tries are good, see? Yeah. I didn't watch the game live. I watched the game this morning, and uh, you guys were sort of uh, messaging me about it yesterday, yeah. saying what a, you know how what a pretty game it was, and like some pr- great tries and everything like that. I watched it this morning. I, I thought it was really scrappy. I actually didn't think it was a, a very like I thought it was a tense game, but like I didn't think it was a very 
like aesthetically. No, it, it, it was it wasn't very free, free flowing and stuff, but like the the tries were good and the line breaks were good and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and also yeah, like, on Izzy, like obviously, okay, his his try was was amazing. I actually didn't think he played very well. I think he made a lot of um, a lot of mistakes. Yeah, Other he, obviously, is the big one at the end. Yeah, I I don't know why they play him at fourteen. I think he's no, playing. no, no. I like him at fourteen. He makes sense at fourteen. Well, he he yeah. was playing thirteen for a lot of that game though, because they yeah, had a yeah, bit of a... all over the place. But yeah. I, I, he makes a lot of sense at fourteen. He runs. He at fifteen he runs down that channel anyway. Yeah, I think so, like, and, I, he's, I, I, and he's not a kick. He's not he's not a positional kicker. No, no. But yeah, he's, he's a, a, my my theory with Izzy though is. A lot of what he does good comes from counter-attack. Yeah. And he's a lot easier to avoid if he's playing 14. Because you know, basically, okay, I just kick anywhere to the, to what would it be, the, the right. And I yeah. know I'm not going to, I'm not going to find Izzy. Mm-hmm. So, so you can come, you can kind of yeah. take him out the game if he's on the wing. Yeah. And if he's at the back, he can sort of pop up on either side. So he's harder to nullify. Yeah. Um, was a quick compliment yeah, to, to the Aussies for their first try as well. It's very nice. Like a player's emotion created a gap that Guinea uh, went over. Who was the the wing for Argentina that scored that cracker um, after after Matera's break? Moyano. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But no, his was the one where he he slipped out on yeah. his way. I think. Oh, oh no. no, I'm talking about it was number uh, 14. Sorry, who's on the opposite wing? 14's Delgi. Delgi. Oh, oh yeah, Delgi. Because oh. he, he still he still had a bit to do though. There was still a bit Jeez. of meat on that yeah. bone. No, he was that, yeah. that was, oh yes, that was the one. That's the one where Halep Petty tried to reel him in from behind, and you can actually see Halep yeah. Petty put a, a hand on his shoulder, and Delgi being so small and slippery just sort of. Rolls his shoulder yeah. in motion and just gets up, slips the tackle and carries on yeah, going at full it, speed. It's kind of showing a little bit like DMAC of, yes, you are a little bit smaller, so you lose a few, um, I don't know, maybe you lose, you lose a little bit in contact, but because you have a low center of gravity, it's far easier for you to change direction at a pace, and he's always like fit anyway. So, yeah, you may be yeah. losing a few percentage, percentage points here or there. But when you're changing pace at that direction, the guy doesn't have you firmly gripped. It's very difficult uh, to hold on. This was Australia, yeah. Argentina's first win in Australia since... Ah, oh, shit, I saw a stat like the 80s or something. Yeah, it was like 30 years ago. They've got, yeah, and they had a, this was the end of like a six-game losing streak against Australia as well. Yeah. You know, of, the, of their last like 10 games away, they've only won one or something as well? Like yeah. it does seem to breathing new life into Argentinian rugby. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what went through Israel Falau's head <laughs> at the end of the game? God's plan. That's what he was doing. But I, I think I think he forgot to dummy, because I think if he'd thrown the dummy there, all three players would have gone at Foley. Yeah. But instead, because he just he just changed his line a bit, and then they were like, "Fuck it! Like, what are you going to do? Just nail the ball carrier?" And all three of them, which is actually it's actually kind of bad defense in a way. One probably should have shifted out to Foley, yeah. but because obviously Falau had cho- maybe they just understand Falau's mind or something that he would always back himself there. Yeah, and you saw Foley yeah. afterwards lying on the ground and gets uh, picks up his hands. I think he was fucked. He walked. Yeah, he didn't. I don't think he even looked at Falau. No, I think he, he called walked, him a ticket. I think I 100 think he called him a ticket on the field. I, 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 I guess in a way, <laughs> Falau's because also say if Foley got tackled there, he would have gone into touch and the game would have ended. But if Falau had got tackled there and not dropped it, it would have just it would have been a ruck. And then, like, yeah. uh, like, if a recycled ball, then they can have another crack at it. So ma- maybe that was his logic. 
But and the Hooter hadn't the Hooter technically hadn't gone yet either. The Hooter went like as he made contact. So like the timing of it was just as well shocking for poor Australia because the Hooter just if you look the Hooter's timing was almost yeah. almost like in a movie. It was as he made the contact and lost the ball. The Hooter just, went off. I'm just glad it happened to someone other than us. Mm. Yeah, it always feels it always feels <laughs> like that kind of thing happens to us. Couldn't you know what? It's Australia, so we can actually say it most probably couldn't have happened to a nicer team. So um, Australia, I think we, we can move on shortly from then. Uh, well done, Argentina. Uh, good for you. Argent Australia looking um, down the barrel here, finishing last, uh, and maybe only winning one game uh, against us in Brisbane. I know we're taking them on PE. It never does us any favors to play at sea level, and they're not going to be easy beats. But Argentina at home, I reckon they're the favorites now. And I don't know, uh, there seems to be a problem with, like, their team looks great on paper. I don't know what the problem is, otherwise. So, I'll just, I'll, I'll uh, I, I uh, think their tight five isn't great. Uh, and and uh, I think a lot, of, a lot of problems can, like, like suddenly you, you it's, like, it's like building a house on shaky foundations or whatever. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think you'll ever have a world-class side without a world-class tight five. Yeah, your tight five, yeah. Like, like they don't have to be superstars, but they all have to do their jobs very well. And I don't, I don't think they, 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 they yet. It was that, or the, or this particular group. I don't know if they'll really ever get uh, there. Do Australia but, have any other type five players that they could sub in though? That's also the, their problem. They, they don't have locks though. Their locks are just bang average. Their locks are all like worse versions of Peter Steph to Toy that no, no, would like, probably like, do better at flank. Would any would any Australian lock make a South African Super Rugby side? The Sharks maybe, but that's because they're Mavericks. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Actually, no. That, no, uh, you know what? That'd make the Stormers because the Stormers play their sixth and seventh choice lock by the end of the season anyway. <laughs> yeah. No. No. But, uh, I mean, in, in terms of, in terms of first choice locks, they yeah. they lack a bit. Yeah. The Stormers would probably take their first choice locks as. A first or second or third choice eighth man or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true, true. A lot of Australian locks could probably play on, play on the blind side or eighth man yeah. for some franchises, but as a lock, nah. I don't know. Nah. Uh, to be honest, I, I, don't think think Australia, I don't think Australia is actually playing. I think the rugby championship is, I wouldn't say strong this year, but I would say it's quite even between South Africa, Argentina, and Australia. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's a good call. All right, I think it's time to move on to the main course, guys. Uh, I think we've been very restrained enough um, about about this. But uh, yes, 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 yes. I was sitting at home in my dressing gown. We go 12 mil down. I'm thinking it's another day at the office. We score a try. Hope comes back. And then we're taken on a roller coaster akin to a fantastic movie or TV series like Band of Brothers, you know, where uh, people go through wars, they go through battles. You get uh, emotionally attached to all the characters, and at the end of the day, I was standing up in my lounge, and I, I pride myself on not being one of those guys who shouts at the TV, uh, thinking past. Um, sort of my dog went and sat outside at one point during the game. She just gave up. I was generally I was quite like restrained. My wife. Uh, my wife was about, and I generally got up, and I, I, I went like, yes, and I, I fist pumped a lot, and we won the game, and I got up on my feet and just uh, did victory over and over again, you know. And I just had a fantastic day yesterday, afterwards. Yeah, it, every, everything after that was just so good, eh? Huh? Funny how that happens. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. So, so can I... Yes. So can Ice Cube song? Yeah. 
Damn, it was a good day. Uh, it, it was such a good day. I'll see if I can sample that. <laughs> if I can find it. But um, overall, guys, uh, I think I think the thing that, that people are so impressed by was just the sheer guts that the box mm. showed. I think we got a little bit lucky. Bowden Barrett had an absolute chocker of a kicking day, but we've all known this happens. It's... Barrett, was Barrett outside of his usual kicking stats, though? Uh, yeah. A little bit worse. He's like, a little bit worse. He's about little 65%. Bit worse. Uh, so he had those two those two literal clangers where they came with oh, the yeah, they came, yeah, Yeah, true. Did, uh, did, you see, did you see the one that hit the post and came like straight back yeah. into his hand? Yeah. Bounced and back that, into that, his arms, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's Bowden Barrett. The ball just sticks to him, yeah. even though that's the really most, does. But the best the is most Bowden watch... Barrett thing ever. The best is yeah. what he catches the ball and looks to see who passed it to him because he's thinks <laughs> yeah, it. and then automatically offloads it anyway. Yeah, it's like oh wait. <laughs> um, oh, so I know we we posted uh, one of uh, Ant uh, Ant the anarchist analyst computer whatever you may may be hi Ant uh, we love you but uh, he posted <laughs> a poll on, on our Facebook group and the overwhelming man of the match I think by like a landslide of ninety plus percent was Peter Stefan Toy he racked up twenty eight tackles. <laughs> Just before we continue, let me quickly read through just some of the stats from this game, and then uh, we can leave it at that. But uh, tries, 6 to New Zealand, 5 to South Africa. Meters carried, New Zealand, 63, South Africa, 245. Carries, 205, New Zealand, South Africa, 59. Defenders beaten, 33-10. New Zealand are the first team, just so I don't have to keep reading out the names. Passes, 234 versus 61. Offloads, 17 versus 3. Um, I can't claim that one of those three was, uh, was an Archeus Neyman. Uh, in Deontay's second try. Possession, 75.3 to New Zealand, South Africa, 24.7. Defense, tackles, New Zealand, 46. South Africa, 226. We made uh, over mm-hmm. 400% or more tackles than they did. Offloads, 10, uh, 33 on defense. And then the breakdown, New Zealand, 153. South Africa, 14. Set players, scrums, 13-7. Lineouts, 9-6. Penalties conceded, 3-10, unsurprisingly. Uh, and the final score, 36 so it was a monumental defensive effort. Uh, I think everyone had a good game. And a quick shout out from me to Franz Malherber. Um, yeah, I still I still worry about your fitness, Franz. But uh, you were. But very, how good very was good. that break? Yes. How good was his break? And, no, no, back there, how, good, how good was Elton right, Elton's pass to put him in the gap? Yeah. You can see Franz was yeah. like he was actually yeah. a little bit shell shocked. He didn't know what to do. If any other player had caught that, we probably would have scored. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He hit it at de- I like him because he hit it at depth. He hit it at pace. He was like, oh, guys, he's been hanging around with the backline players, not jogging up to the front. So he picked up a few tips and tactics. Yeah, classic Alton as well. I'll tell you what impressed me. What impressed me more than my Herb's little, little run was the fact that he stayed on the field afterwards yeah. for like another 10 minutes. I was <laughs> so not, sure, like... After that, he was going to be signaling the sidelines. At the, yeah, just the throwing side. up the X with his arms, guys. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he still played. He still made a few tackles. I was like, God damn. I've never seen a prop make a run like that and still play on. <laughs> um... do, you know, do you know what I was also stoked about? Both centers were injured quite early on, huh? Yeah. Or relatively. Yeah. Like yes. before so, half-time, so... I think. So, so it was actually, we are doing all this defending, which defending is essentially about communication, knowing the man next to you. Like like the actual defense, not tackling. That's yeah. obviously about yeah. whatever what what hangs in your pants, eh? Um, <laughs> but but they were doing it basically out of out of anything they'd probably practiced with. Like like you you don't really yeah. say okay guys let's pretend both centers got injured and see what see what how our defensive our defense will line up. So that's really impressive, eh? Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Sh- mm. Yeah, when did no, I'm trying to remember now? When did Damien go off second half or first half? 
I think so. Uh, yeah, at about 45 oh, seconds. Yeah. yeah. And he had a good And then Arm, well. Arm was, didn't come out. Basically, Arm just stayed in after halftime. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you know, do you know what my, my highlight of the match was? It also happened to be the Land Rover power moment of the match. Was Colby on Rico? Like, come oh. on, Rico, Rico's what? 35, 40 kgs on him? Mm. Yeah. yeah, at least. Colby just, just fucking head down, just drove into him, into touch. Oh, yeah. it was fucking... It would, uh, well, you know, so, yeah, credit to Colby. And we... we hmm? Yes, sorry, Alex? Yeah, before, <clears throat> no, no, like, just, like if, as Colby came on, um, a mate of mine messaged me and was like, but, you know, can Colby defend against Ioni? So I was like, at the time, I was like, yeah, not, not really, to be honest. But then again, like, you know, who can? Like, that's... You take yeah. these guys like Naholo and um, and um, Ioni, like everyone struggles to defend against them, not just someone like like Colby. And then two minutes later, Ioni scored his try, his first one. Yeah. And um, actually, yeah, he scored his try, and he just embarrassed Colby. Colby was on the oh. wrong foot and tried to come back in, Dang. and it was literally like one of those cartoons where someone holds someone at arm's length, and <laughs> yeah. you're like, well, you know, what are you gonna do, little guy? Yeah, but Barrett sucked Colby in as well. I also thought that yeah. wasn't the greatest defensive decision. It's like, you leave your man and then try and mark Rico, because I think he would have maybe been able to stop him. But he wasn't bad, eh? He picked up... Yeah, but then that, that, was the first, that was the first time and we were like, shit, okay, well, you know, that yeah, answer yeah, that question. Yeah. And then, like, two other times, I only just, went down that channel and Bobby was there to stop him both times. Yeah. And, fuck, what a... Like, that is pure... I feel like Colby, out of everyone on the team, embodied the winning spirit on the day. You know, the fact that the odds were stacked so highly against him. There were so many people. There were so many reasons why he wouldn't be able to do it. And all he needed was the one reason to get it done, you know. Um, and it was just, yeah, like bloody good effort by him. And, yeah, that moment we, we powered him into touch was just so special. Yeah. Good uh, on good on you, Cheslin. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. And I think the, the fact when he picked up that... Um, <clears throat> Uh, intercept try after Anton Leonard Brown, who I didn't think had the best game. Uh, Jack, I know Jack Kudu was playing against a tight defense, but I have a feeling um, Anton Leonard Brown might have played himself uh, out of the All Black side uh, after that performance. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't great either. But the key of that try was because we all know the All Blacks are going to come back uh, in the second half as they typically do, especially the last 20 minutes. It just goes to Africa that extra comfort room. Uh, to yeah. to uh, do well and what also pleased me just overall about our performance was just the nature of our tries the first try Diati's first try uh, Vili nearly cooked it <laughs> with a bad pass <laughs> but we had uh, good 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 runners off the nine hitting the game line uh, getting over it creating front front football we created the man on the outside and we scored there we got a mall try which is also a giant fire rubber for the whole team we're like Ugh! you know uh, we we showing the dominance uh, we, did we get Classic two more tries. Uh, uh, first was from Marks. I don't think there was a second one, was it? No, it was just from Marks. Like yeah, yeah, I think you Bonkies one last week. Yeah, and then, oh, there, yes, yeah. Yeah, then there was uh, Vidi's uh, um, egg poaching that he did off Annie. That was, that was an error, but good, but good on Vili for, for being aware. We can talk about that a little bit now. Uh, there's the intercept try, which gave us a breathing room. And arguably one of the, one of the most pleasing tries I've seen in a while um, was Deontes. Oh. Beyond Deontes, outstanding. I saw... Oh. A comment on YouTube saying, you know, doesn't Deontay know that uh, Ben Smith has a family? And then someone replied, oh, why, what do you mean? He's like, no, he mugged him so badly. That's why. Who did Deontay step behind the line? Oh, no, no, wait. Under the poles. No, under the poles. It was Barrett. 
two, 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 things, two things on that. One, four stats, does that count as a defender beaten? Surely. Surely, because yeah. he hasn't dotted it down yet, so he's still running yeah. for the try. Open okay, and, and two, two, I'm pretty sure everyone at home was like, Deontay, what the fuck are you doing? Like, are you a madman? Are you a crazy <laughs> yeah. person? Yeah. But look but at that. Really, those, those people have never played with Andre Pollard as their flyer. Oh, but I'm sorry. Looking at that, if the New Zealanders had done that, they would have won the game. Yes, 100. Yeah. percent But like they're not like, used to they're not used to having to think that way. That's that's why we won. Because yeah, a lot of the times they kind of went like Jordy Barrett's first try. I think Bowden did actually kick it over, but he just sort of he had he could have taken it around under the post, but he didn't. He just actually just dived over where he was. Yeah, see, so so Deanti actually was was seeing the game in you know bird's eye view, freaking Doctor Strange kind of stuff. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just that try in itself, it's it's kind of like generally I would have thought you would have seen South Africa um, take the ball to ground uh, when that happened, but no, it didn't happen. Also, it's after after that's what uh, New Zealand generally do so well. Someone scores, they mean he struck back. And we did yes. exactly the same thing to them. Oh, I'm just saying yeah. Colby's missed tackle. Oh, Jesus, Colby. Oh, it's not a missed tackle. It was oh, just the handoff. But <laughs> Faf hits it. Oh, no! I still want to see this. I can actually read it in real time. No, there. There you go. Faf hit, like, Faf finds Achia. Achia runs forward. And when he takes the ball, he does a lovely offload. There's Kitsov. Then Alton, uh, then it goes over to De- oh, to Whiteley, then Deanti, and then it's down to Deanti. And it was um, Tall. I think it was a Ben Smith that he stepped. Yes, it was Ben Smith uh, that he ended up butchering on the end. Well, oh, no, you're wrong. It's, it was, no, it was Bowden Barrett, and then he scored the try. Uh, and then the guy that he stepped when he scored his first try. So I'm just trying to find it. Was it Bowden again? Jeez, I'm twice. sure it was Bowden. Yeah, oh, jeez, Vili. Wow, he nearly stuffed that up. It was. Let's have a look here. Oh, yeah, it was Bowden. So he stepped Bowden twice. I think it definitely counts yeah. um, as a stat. Guys, Villarreal, this is pretty much the classic Villarreal performance. Uh, awful last week. He was there for a lot of the good stuff we did, and he also got a yellow, which at that point I was very surprised we didn't. We weren't yellow carded earlier than that because the penalties were adding up. But uh, he was excellent, uh, I think we have to say. Uh, can I just say something about Villarreal's yellow? I think, looking at it, yes, I think it was, may, it was a yellow probably, but I, I can't believe he didn't TMO it. Because yeah. he was just like, that's a penalty. And then he just like, he's like, oh, the linesman said something in my ear. Actually, it's a yellow card. Like, surely that, that's, you should be taking that to the TMR. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially no. if you're going to. No, especially, especially when uh, Nigel Aarons apparently ignores the TMO or his sideline guys at the end. Um, <laughs> didn't give a penalty um, against us. He didn't have the greatest of games. Uh, there was that scrum where Kitsov monstered his opposite number and he got called for wheeling, uh, penalised, even though he did well. Oh, yeah, yeah that was Kitsov's weird, face eh? was Kitsov's face was after like, that as well. He was baffled. He was, he was like, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, must I go easy on the guy? Like, what the fuck? No. Why are you penalising me for destroying him? I couldn't figure that out. Like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not great with scrums, but I had no idea what that was about. But yeah, I don't know. Scrums are always such a shit show when it comes to wrestling. You have to like like show dominance and then you can wheel. So you have to kind of say like 30 centimeters forward and then you can get the, you can get the tight head. But, but who like, how how do you say who's wheeling? Like, how can you tell that one, that the one team's wheeling instead of the other team just crumbling on the other side? 
Yeah, true. Because because you can, but you can almost fake a wheel if you just get one yeah. of your props to step yeah, backwards on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just, um, that's why I was very confused about that. That was the one moment that confused me the most. Then there were there were quite a few, not a lot, but there were just enough to make me frustrated. Instances of Nigel Owens missing like a a clear knock on. Uh, like, oh, oh, the one where they were, they were mauling. There was that, there was that one like, where yes. just drills it straight down. And Nigel Owens is like, no, chill, chill, you can drop down if you want. Like, just collect it, yes. just collect it. And he said it going. went backwards. I was like, no. Yeah. That, that backwards. And then and he was like, backwards, back, uh, backwards and down. And you're like, uh, backwards and straight <laughs> down. You're like, bro, hang on. <laughs> Owens was drunk by, drunk by then, I think. Because there was also, moments later was that other one that... That also was that one that I know you were baffled by, where Bongi yes, emerges other side. Of, Bongi emerges with the ball and Owens just blows his whistle and then shrugs. Yeah, and yeah says, he was like, he was like, like even it, it, no, you were saying no, it wasn't coming out. Like, no, you said clearly, it was short of the line. Clearly, short of the line. It was coming because Bongi had it. Like, yeah. So, like again, there's only in my mind, there's only three options there. One, we took the ball because we had the ball. So yeah. how do we get the ball? Do we get it unlawfully? If so, it's a penalty. Penalty. It wasn't a penalty. If it if we got it lawfully, then it's our ball. It's it's we get to keep don't it. Blow. Um, you don't blow anything. Or um, it's over the line and held it's up. In which case it's a no, okay over the line and, a, a, and a try or yeah, over the land held up and then it's but a, he didn't, it's he a didn't say held up. So he just he said short like, of the line. Short. Specifically said short of the line. Yeah. So like then, what, then there are only two options. Yeah, either we lawfully got it or we killed yeah. it somehow, and then either way, yeah. it was either a penalty against us or play on. Yeah, and if but I think like... he blew the whistle before he realized actually what was. I think he blew the whistle, looked up, and saw Bongi had the ball in his hand, and then he just backed himself into a corner. Uh, I don't know. That's that's super dodgy. Me trying to. Uh, this is me trying to justify Owens. Yeah, no, looking, I know. looking for a silver lining, but yeah, yeah no. And yet... And yet it's the All Black or the New Zealand media who come out of the weekend with sour grapes saying yeah, that but, Owens cost them the game. Yeah, but that's because they don't know. They, they haven't tasted defeat in how long now? Uh, I know, but like... This is a and, and they're not allowed to... They're not allowed to blame... You know what? Can we just take a moment and give, uh, I think, Steve Hansen credit for being the only one, I think, in <laughs> World Rugby to call this win last week? <laughs> Yeah, yeah maybe Steve Hansen was right with all this shit about beware the wounded blacks, uh, beware the wounded books, what? and watch out for um, the, you know, the Springboks were clearly the favourites here. Like obviously yeah. Steve Super Bruce probably looking pretty hot this week. To be fair, we we semi called it, didn't we? Because we said that the Springboks were actually not far off. Yeah, we, didn't we, we say said that. our we little were... halfback, our halfback theory. Our, our main point was that. There actually wasn't very much separating the two teams, and if we just got our shit right. And this weekend, they basically had Andre Pollard of two weeks ago at fly half for them, yeah. um, missing all their kicks. Um, so I think we were. I think we could claim a little bit of prophecy there. Um, yeah, I think. I think also last week, I think we clearly described a way to beat the All Blacks. Yes. I and so. obviously, obviously, Rossi implemented that. And beat the All Blacks. Therefore, I think we have confirmed like three weeks ago that Rassi is obviously a listener. Is listen, Rassi listen, Iceman? Man. Is Rassi listen, Iceman? Listen, Rassi, I don't want any cash, but I want a Springbok blazer. I want cash. No. I'm fine okay. with the blazer, actually. I'd be happy with just the blazer. 
Um, just a quick, quick word. Uh, first of all, it, it, the interesting use of substitutions by Rassi. I was kind of getting to the point where it was like 60 minutes, 65. We hadn't made that many changes. Like Malcolm Marks, who came off the 65th minute, looked spent. There was literally nothing yeah. in the tank. So I'm actually just glad that the substitutes that he brought on closed it out. Colby, he did he did well. Elton, um, Elton, you have to give credit where credit Colby is due. Elton was, was solid. Sorry, are you going to say about yeah, I, 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 all I the backline I, I, subs were injury subs as well. Don't forget, don't they, they went all the back. They adjusted nicely, but they were injury subs. The backline subs, eh? Don't forget that they no, weren't tactical subs. No, they were, but the, yeah. the, the guys stepped up and and um, fortuitously because we told Rassi to put Jesse Creel on the wing, it means we had a ready-made centre. Uh, but Jesse Jesse Creel did do his classy Jesse uh, brain dead moment where Bowden Barrett did that short kick off and he jumped. And then just knock yeah. it on. And it's like, why? Ugh. Why don't you leave yeah. it? You dumb no, shit. No, no, I, I'm too, I'm a fan of doing that because it catches teams like completely unaware. But the All Blacks were actually ready for it. Like yeah. you should have kind of gauged their reactions a bit and then gone for it. But Jesse doesn't do it. Okay, can, can, can I just say uh, I haven't got a pie with me, but I'm willing to eat some humble pie over Alton coming off the bench. Yeah, yeah, because yeah I think. I think we all I, have to on that. I feel very, very anti Alton off the bench. Yeah. And God, he, he stepped good. up he stepped up in a big way. So yeah. I, I, I apologize. I am a I am a Alton defender, Alton apologist, whatever you want to say, but not off the bench. Yeah. And uh, yesterday he he did very well off the bench. So yeah. 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 I, I I will buy a pie perhaps for lunch tomorrow and eat it in Alton. I've, I've also got something I want to, I want to um, bring I also, up, I also is... have a bit of humble pie as well. So you first, Alex. Okay. Uh, well, mine isn't really humble pie. Um, it's more just a, something to note, which is that uh, last week, one of the things we were very upset about, most upset about, I would say, is the fact that um, Papier didn't come off the off the bench. And I thought it was actually really, it was like bittersweet in a way to see that Crenier also didn't come off the bench. And it's almost like Rassi's sort of an equal in opportunity coach where like he just hates all reserve scrum offs, not just some of them. So that's kind of a good thing, I guess. Um, Actually, I wanted to... Shame, poor poor Ross. I want to do one of those... Have you seen those meme formats where it's like a square with all the faces and it's like, thank you for doing... Not you, for whatever, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to do that. Like, you can't... Ross Grenier in the middle with a not you. Yeah, no, yeah. No, but uh, you can't hate on you can't like no, hate no, no, on. No, 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 no. no I'm not no, hating. No, no. I'm just saying it's just, <laughs> it's, it's it's rife for a meme that. Uh, well, look, yeah. Ross, look, Ross Grenier, we did see his face. I don't know if it was the conversion that Pollard missed, but uh, Grenier was like right behind him, and the cameras and so was facing Pollard from the front. You had Grenier behind. You could just see like how stressed Grenier was, like thinking yeah. so hard. Like for God's sake, please kick this over. Please do it. Please do it. Someone else, uh, I have to admit, humble pie of over. I, I was busy chatting in the WhatsApp group about Warren Whiteley. He's a great link man. That he's not great for the, not uh, maybe the best for the staff player of the box. Uh, he's proved me wrong, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So he he was excellent. He I think made uh, a lot of tackles as well. He yeah. helped contribute to Deontay's try. And also, what was quite pleasing to see, a Sia was taken off, maybe because he was spent. So just proving that the captain is not sacrosanct. But the leadership group, before the game, even Yitzhak was talking to the team before the game began. And then afterwards, Whiteley was the on-field captain. And he whipped out his, uh, yes, sir, you're the best, sir. I love you, sir, sort of vibe. And Nigel Owens. And he slowed the game down. He said to Owens, can I please have a moment to talk to my team? 
And Owen said mm-hmm. to him, okay, cool, just let me know when you're done. And he slowed down the game, so, skipping a beat, so from so, a leadership perspective, he was fantastic. So, uh, well so done, are, are, you saying, are we saying Whiteley's also a fan of the pod? Because weren't we talking about that exact thing, uh, yeah, ref managed same. by Good the cop, captain? Bad cop. Yeah. 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 And because I know CEO was bitching about something, and Owen, I, I can't remember, you could see that, that he had complained, and Owens was just replying, saying blah, blah, blah. Like, Owens, I, I think he was mostly equally bad. I do think New Zealand maybe got a little bit more of the rub of the green. Um, otherwise, I think overall, everybody stepped up. Um, Deanti was fantastic. How good is up here with Deanti? Excitement machine. And did you hear I, I reckon he might. Is, is there an emerging player of the year award? I don't think he's going to get that. I think he's going to get the, the South African player of the year. And I mean, I he's think a talking about IRB. Isn't there like a, a breakthrough player of the year or something like that? Rico won that last year. Yeah, I'm saying if, if he if he has a good if he has a good end of year tour, yeah. he's definitely in the running for that. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. How many tries has he picked up now? That's three, maybe. Three in championship, and then don't forget he picked up like four, I think, in the. England tour earlier this year, didn't he? Yeah, he's, he's on about a try a game, which is pretty useful. And, and he's suddenly become <laughs> yeah. quite key. If he gets injured, who replaces him? A pimpy, maybe? Yeah, try well, scoring. Yeah, he's enough. injured at the moment, but yeah, and, I guess a pimpy. And Creel offers at least I, I, a different I, I, solution. I don't, know, I don't know if he's if he's key, but he's definitely like any oh, replacement right. now will certainly be like the poor man's fail. Yeah. yeah, they'll fail. No, he's first choice. Um, a long a long way forward. Hunter Pollard. He was very good, as was his kicking. I know his kicking every now and then uh, goes up. And something I have to say, I'm, I was very sad. Um, Lucanio Am uh, got injured. Uh, I was actually enjoying his game. And I just noticed in the beginning, before we, ironically, before we could see the first try, the amount, how hard the box were working on communication and making sure that they had a straight line. And Am, because I know he's been caught out a little bit on defense. I thought he was actually really solid, uh, as was DDA. Yeah, I don't they weren't exciting, uh, but they, they were solid. Okay. But I yeah, he was, he was okay. And the I, first try wasn't his fault, it was Pollard's fault. Yeah. Because um, he got sucked into Peter Steph to Toy's channel. And Um was on his way back from being treated on the sidelines for something. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. He, he wasn't really ready for that. But so, Andre Esterhazen uh, will likely be uh, back. Uh, Andre Esterhazen does what DDA... I mean, they're asking... Someone said it in a WhatsApp group that they're asking DDA to do what Andre Esterhazen does best, which is uh, play crash ball. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but DDA didn't play badly. Um was solid. I'm just trying to run through the team. Peter Steph, the toy, crying, guys, at the end. Shit, man. You know, that... that oh, that's good. Oh, oh, that was... Means, oh, I love me that. deep that in a good way. way. Like, uh, to, be honest, to be honest, I was almost crying in the in the random pub where I was, so... I got a bit emotional. I, was, I, was te- I wouldn't say... A tear didn't roll down my cheeks, but my, my eyes were wet, let's say yes. that. I, yeah. I, I just sat on my couch, just, you know, arms spread out incredibly <laughs> satisfied with life you know I'm like that after glow yeah it's just yeah. it's like rapey's like a drug it's like it doesn't get better than this it took you know? me it took me a good like half an hour for my my blood rate to calm down a little yeah. bit and then i put on yeah, my, I, I put on my replica shirt uh my buck replica shirt because i wanted to feel yeah, me too. <laughs> just for a few minutes. i liked i liked what matt said is uh, after the, as soon as the game ended is this how france ball herb's heart feels all the time <laughs> <laughs> I want to just move away from, from the boxes to the all backs for a little bit, but any, just any final comments uh, that you'd like to, um, to say? Can, can, we, can we go around the, the table and pick our cool. favorite moment of the match? Too sure. We haven't done that yet. Uh, uh, yeah, please please go ahead, Alex. 
Okay, my my hands on my favorite moment of the match was Warren Whitey chasing down TJ oh, Perinara, oh, who was about oh, was who was like, about to score what oh, undoubtedly would have been the the winning try. So many Land Rovers, so many moments. Like, <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah. no, but that wasn't a power moment; that was a speed. So it's not a Land Rover moment. It was it I, it was powerful for me. Yeah, it just showed the showed the guts and desperation. It was I emotional. Uh, yeah, no, one hundred percent. He gets a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I read. I was reading this New Zealand uh, article now, and they were just saying that the box level of desperation was so intense, like it became intimidating. That that's how how hectic uh, our, our defense was. Uh, Matt, uh, your yeah, it, it, it was like, it was like fighting a hobo, <laughs> <laughs> like a drunken hobo. Yeah. He's just relentless. He's, like, he's, he's got nothing to lose, so. <laughs> You basically got everything to lose. No, mate. I, I, I can understand what you're saying, yeah. man. Um, my favorite, most probably my personal bias and what we mentioned earlier was just Malhaber's little break and his yeah. run. Yeah. For me, besides, besides a good couple of things, if I have to pick one moment, you know, for a highlights package, it'll be that. Uh, ben, yours? Um, obviously, I mentioned Colby's tackle, but another one was... They, New Zealand had a scrum on the five meter, yeah. and actually they ended up scoring a try from it. So it didn't. But Kieran Reed broke, and he he got past. Oh. I think it was Peter Steph on the flank, and Jesse Creel just pumped him. Yeah. Oh and you yes. You almost see see his face being like, "Where the fuck did that come from?" Like, yeah, yeah. No, he just got him like nicely, just like in the belly, and oh. Yes. And you could, you can literally see the surprise in his face, be like. What like I, I was meant to score here? Like uh, how did this happen? I evaded your, the flag. Your B, your B pod assured me that this man had no technique. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I heard. Sorry, Kieran, confirm, listener. Yeah, um, yeah, might be uh, Deanti's second try. Just uh, that's that's just like it, it's the beauty that goes with the brawn. You know, just you have that have a guy who can just create space like that and score a try. Uh, out of nothing, but I mean, there's so many, so many wonderful games, and uh, do, you, do you know, do you know what's good about that try? Um, you, you know, Whiteley actually gave the like the try scoring pass, well, the, the yeah. final pass. Obviously, Deanti still had a bit to do, yeah. But then Whiteley got smoked by I don't, I think it was Anton Leonard Brown coming across, and then when they show like the reverse angle, you could just see Whiteley stoked. He's like, yes, yeah. I don't care. Like I've probably broken three ribs, but I've done my job. Like I've, I've yeah. done enough. Fuff nailed someone as well. Like, um, I think it might have been one of the locks. And no, there was, was also like a, you know, it was Squire. It was Squire. Yes, it was Squire. Yeah, and he he was like launching for the line for the try line. Jeez, I thought and uh, and Fuff drove him down. Again, I feel like he didn't use his arms in that. Uh, it's like, uh, a, it's uh, like uh, you can barely tell. You need uh, like a microscope for that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I didn't use arms. arms. Like, There's such a bullshit gonna, Yeah, if you're going to penalize Faf to Clerk for tackling Liam Squire for no arms. No, 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 no. I'm it. saying Squire's smoked widely with no arms. Oh, 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 oh. oh yes. And he's not good at rugby. No, he's a thug. Uh, Squire is fucking lucky he didn't pick up a uh, yellow somewhere in that game. Yeah. No, I think he's, he's good at rugby, but I hear you. Like I, he's, I, I, yeah, I, I think he's going to get. I think Sorry. we're going to see some, yeah. some, some odd. No, I don't know if you'll be cited, but maybe. Um, Who knows? But, but yeah, uh, congratulations, uh, Africa. No, the only citing we're going to get is that, that picture of Evans eye-gouging on Peter Steff to toy at the yeah, end. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, uh, well done to Africa. I know we've given you a lot of shit, um, and rightfully so. But this is the sort of performance that just cheese everybody up. Uh, and it really made everybody proud. Now the pressure is on. They can't play, they can't play shit anymore because they've just shown 
what they're capable. I, I will be going to the uh, All Black South Africa game now in Loftus. Um, that's going to be the hardest ticket in town. Fuck. I'm like, I'm now super jazzed to be going to that, but we'll have to beat Australia before. So congratulations, South Africa. Uh, yeah, we, we rode our luck, and for once, we got lucky. Always the never to be thought. We might lose. Uh, New Zealand, uh, our Barrett's kicking. Big problem. Ben Smith, I felt he's one of the better backs in the game. Actually, that that, that one try he, he created for Aaron Smith was just... Was he, he created both. Of, if he created the first two tries, it was both Ben Smith. Yeah, he was yeah. Also good. Because one, he spotted Mark, so he's like, no, fuck, I'm going around this guy. <laughs> and that's, that's what set up Perinara. And then the second one, he, he, gave, he gave the final pass both times. How yeah. good is Ben Smith? Oh. Guys, Ben Smith's so good. He's so good. But uh, someone that wasn't so good, as I mentioned, uh, Anton and Brown, he was okay. Ron Crotty, I didn't think he had that he much influence in the game. No, I, I forgot. I legitimately true. forgot. He was on the field. Yeah, he, I, was, I was struggling to remember who played twelve earlier. This I know game. he does his do, do not, stuff well. Do you know I think it's going to be on the chopping block? Is Jordy Barrett? Yeah, Jordy yeah, Barrett absolutely. disappeared after his try. I, he disappeared. No, no, not not so much. He he is everything like Ben Smith is not in a way. Like like in both ways. Like like he's sort of brains not brought. He's like brawn or Ben yeah. Smith's brains. You know, like yeah, like like, he's like st- a blunt instrument. Yeah. That quick line out, Ben Smith would have never done that. No, like, it's impossible. No. Like, like there's no way he would have made an error like that. And a few of like, he just made a few bad decisions that Ben Smith would never make. Like, mm. does anyone else get the feeling that before this before this game, when they're in, in the change room, Ben Smith um, said to Steve Hansen, "I looked into the future and saw 14 million and 67 different outcomes." And Steve Hansen said to him, "In how many of them did we lose to the Springboks?" And he said, "Only one." <laughs> and he, I feel like that definitely and, happened. And, 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 and then he's like, oh, "Yeah, but uh, for that to happen, you have to put me at 15." And Steve ignored him. <laughs> yeah. oh, classic, classic Steve Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I don't know if it's just me. I kind of wonder at next year's World Cup, right? Like, Kieran Reid, how old is he? Um, so I was just wondering about hey. this, Kieran Reed. I think he's, I think 32. He, he'll be 33. Oh, he'll be, he'll be, uh, yeah, he's, th- he's turning 33 this year. So he'll be nearing of 34 come the World Cup next year. Sam Whitelock, who is also a standout for, for New Zealand. He's going to be, actually, he's only going to be 30. I'm just, I don't know why I was kind of getting, actually, well, first of all, you know who wasn't there? Brady Retallick. Um, massive Yo, loss. If Brody, if Brody was playing, we could have just gone home. Yeah. But that that was an, another bit of advice we gave Rassi. Beat the All Blacks when Brody's not playing. Yeah. yeah um, I just kind of wonder if some of their team isn't... Not, they're not long in the tooth. I mean, even like Sam Kane wasn't that great. Do you know what surprised me, speaking of their ages, is fucking that uh, Big Carl's only 25 years old. Yeah. He was good. And he's, he had a good And game. he's got a... Oh, and he's got fucking... a fucking... He's got that snore and he's only 25. No, fuck. Yeah. But he <laughs> lived some life for because he had a rugby career, then he quit and became a security guard, then he got really fat, then he lost a whole lot of weight, then he trained and became a professional rugby player again. Like, he's lived a hell of a lot of life for 25, eh? Yeah, no, fuck. He's got. He, he should. He and he and Kieran Reed should be like, I don't know, high school mates or something, but I don't know. Somehow he skipped. He rolled back the clock 10 years or something. Because I no, legitimately he's got thought. Legacy. Maybe it's one of these bullshit things where he just has to say he's 25 because he wanted to play under 13 rugby when he was like 18. So he has a dodgy birth certificate. So he just has to roll on that forever now. It's 
it's like that. What's it's like that movie where the dude's got that old guy's got that I'm um, twelve and it's a piece of piece of white paper with green. Oh, that, oh what's it called? The the baseball movie. Yeah, fuck. I'm trying to remember now. Uh, I was oh. talking. I was listening to this over the ages. I was kind of talking cuck, but um. I don't know. I just kind of no, felt... No, they, 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 they're not, they, they, they're not past it, Adam. No, don't they're you. not. I, I think Kieran Reid didn't seem to be that great. Um, but maybe it's he's more just, down to the box. He's just changed He's just changed the way he plays. Yeah. Um, the last year or two, he's gone from that... You always used to see him in the wide channels. You always used to see him uh, like in like the ranging, mobile, linking, eighth-man kind of play. And the last year or two, he's moved away from that towards like the much tighter... Tighter channels, shorter passes, much more grafting. Yeah, he's, he's kind of, of he's kind of he's gone from Whiteley to Dwayne basically. So oh. okay, funny funny you say that, but Whiteley doesn't play that way either anymore. Mm. He used to, but now we're seeing Whiteley oh, actually it's... doing like the same. He's gone on the same journey that um, that Reed has because he's also the guy who's making like twenty odd tackles in a game, mm. and like not really. You, you never see him in outside channels because. When you're playing in a team with like Quaka and and uh, Yaka Creel, like yeah, you, you can never really be there <laughs> at a time. So but, maybe, yeah, maybe oh, maybe, and then I guess for the box, Khaleesi sort of the the more the rangier guy. Huh? Exactly, yeah, exactly. So they actually both have undergone a bit of. I guess that that shows work. kind of maturity that you can change your game because I don't think every player and, can. And still be effective. I mean, widely, I know like a lot of people before this game. We're like saying things like, oh, Whiteley's too lightweight. We can't have him and Khaleesi in the same loose trio. You know, it was a very common perception. But the reality was that he was the uh, he was the best defending uh, defender in the competition. Mm, yeah. So, and, he's, and I think I think he still is in terms of tackles made and missed or whatever. So, like, he's actually shown himself to be able to do the grunt work, which most people thought he was more of a pretty boy, but he's not. He, he can do it. How stressed do you um, think from the Can I just address Rassi personally for a while? Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. Anyone else, you know, just tune out for a minute. But, Rassi, could you give Franco a rest? Yeah. Come on. Like, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, the guy's... Uh, he's going to he's gonna die soon. Like, look at his eyes. Cool. It, yeah, it nice reminds me of Boxer from Animal Farm. Yes. <laughs> That's so true. Just working himself to the very bitter end, then eventually just going down because he just can't anymore. <laughs> yeah. Shame. Yeah. yeah. No, Sorry, no, but was, I think that was I a bit harsh. Are we, are we doing <laughs> Animal Farm players next week after the battle? Oh, oh God. Oh God. God, read it. Can we just have maybe just the final comment uh, about New Zealand before we just move on to our final feature uh, of the pod? I think yeah. they're gonna fuck us up on our home territory. <laughs> in a, as a response. Zero hesitation. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, they they're gonna they're gonna be coming for blood big time. I don't think they I don't think they had the worst game to be honest against us. I think they actually played worse against Argentina the week before. Yeah, that was, a, that was but, like uh, a second string side in, in many respects. Well, like I, I uh, let's say I don't think this is the beginning of the end for New Zealand rugby. Let's oh say no 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 not 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 at all. But I no, I don't think anyone can call that. Um, I just think from a, from a, like from a psychological perspective, South Africa is. Um, but is it? But is it the beginning of the beginning for the Springboks? Yeah, that's more yeah, accurate. Possibly. Alex, Alex, are you saying we're gonna go unbeaten now until the World Cup and it's coming home? Is that what you're saying, Alex? Um, that's what I'm saying, Ben. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hard commit to that. I'm hard <laughs> committing to, an, to an, uh, the next 12 months of unbeaten rugby for the Springboks. Ooh. 
culminating in hammering the All Blacks in Tokyo. I presume the finals in Tokyo. I don't know. It must be. I'm sure it is. Uh, look, I mean, it, it's entirely possible that we... Look, one of the two teams has to lose in the group stages. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a problem so, as well. That, that's huge. Yeah. Um, well, look, can't, that, can't we just both draw in that group stage? Yeah, I mean, we could draw with each other, but... Yeah. Well, draws in rugby aren't super likely, though. I'd rather no, lose. I know they're not. Okay. Um, yeah. Just a quick final comment about New Zealand. I'll just quickly go first. Scott Barrett is a very cuck replacement for um, Brody Metallic. I know anybody would be, but I think that's just one of the very few positions that New Zealand don't have depth. Cody Turner, I thought, was quite good. Uh, and Big Carl is... Well, he's great. Uh, but who's that? Who's oh, he had an excellent game. Yeah, who's that? I reckon, I reckon it's... What's the Kane, 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 Reed, and Squire. Yeah, oh, not great, eh? Um, but but, uh, but Kane... <laughs> listen, listen to that. Listen to us. Like, 24 hours after feeding, I'm like, ah, oh, Kane's oh. and Reed. That's a bit cuck, actually. That's a great <laughs> trio, you know. Oh, Antonio that... Brown, Jack Goodhue, a bit overrated, you know. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Matt uh, has just been hanging around everyone and just be like, guys, guys, my phone's gonna ring any second. I'm getting that call up for next weekend. He's sort of found his pass. He's gone to go fetch his passport. He's packed his bags. He's like, guys, I'm going he's, on he's, tour. He just backed himself. He, he's told the wife and kids to book a hotel in Buenos Aires. He, he knows it's coming. Yeah, he's like, guys, pack up. I've got... He's standing there, the game, the final whistle, and he turns to his wife. He's like, where's my passport? <laughs> um, okay, can I say, I, yes. I, I think if if New Zealand had won, Cole Tuinukiafi, is that his name? Close enough. Yeah, to in a copy. He would have been man of the match. I thought he had an excellent oh, game. He, yeah, he was, was monstrous. No, no, he was good. And, oh, I, and I, I also think that his story is just really, really good for rugby. Do you, do you know yes. who scared me the most from the All Blacks? Was Jack Goodhue. Yeah. Could you break every break single carry looked like he was about to create a try. Nice. He was, was so it? strong. And he hits like Phil and I were talking about it yesterday. He's so powerful, like he's he he's got like Rene Ranger level strength almost. <laughs> but he doesn't run he doesn't he doesn't look for contact. He runs at he, such good angles and then because he's so strong you can't tackle him. Because at least if you, you run straight at you, you've got a chance, you can get in his way. But at an angle, like you're left trying to kinda of like grapple onto him and then like the the angle of attack isn't right for you to actually drag him down and that's yeah. why he ends up always getting such good go forward ball he was so dangerous yesterday and no, but also because also when you yeah. look at him you think okay I, I i know i know what type this guy is he's basically you know he's like a flank in the centers like i know what to i know what's going to happen but he's not he's so skillful and his lines are so good yeah mm. no, he, i, I think i good. think now after he's, after he's toured now in the Northern Hemisphere, he's going to be a name on everyone's lips. Because, like, obviously they don't really care about the the sort of the breakout players in Super Rugby. Mm, yeah. And then, like, like they're going to be like, oh, Jack Goodhue, I wonder what he's about. And then they're just going to be like, oh, what the fuck? Where do they find Oaks like this? I told you guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm, claiming, <laughs> I mean, I'm, claiming, I'm claiming credit on that. Why are you claiming credit for Jack Goodie? Everyone knew he was good. Yeah, but by I, naming I, him, by christening him DDA too. Yeah, I felt oh, like okay. I brought it to the public imagination. Anyway, Alex, just a quick thought um, about about. Uh, like everyone called. Nah, I think I've, I've, I've said enough. Uh, I think we've we've covered everything. Okay. He, yeah, it was just a fantastic day for Springbok rugby. Uh, I'm so happy for Sia Khaleesi. 
um, to be a, a, a Springbok captain that beats the All Blacks away is yeah. a very, very exclusive club to belong um, to. Yeah, in terms of the mental platform for... Uh, yeah, it's great. Great, oh, great, great. For also, um, Apiwe Janchi and Cheslin Colby and maybe one or two of the others never lost to the All Blacks. Yeah. Every, isn't it everyone who basically started under yeah. Rassi, debuted under Rassi, so yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah, I think um, Argis, Argis Neyman, Dianti... No, Archie uh, played last year, didn't Oh, no, he did didn't. He? Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Um, yeah, Dianti and Cheslin Colby. I can't think of anyone else. Mm. Um, all right. Now, let's let's move oh, on to... Sorry, also, yeah. uh, Ross Crenier's never beaten All Blacks. I'm just He's part of it. If, if this was the World Cup final, would he get a, he would get a winner's medal? Yeah, obviously in the squad, but say if this was somehow, if there were medals for this game, Ross would still get one. Yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, he was okay. like, he had, he played a role. I mean, he was, yeah, I, I'm just joking. I'm like, he, no, he definitely had I think it's more stressful to watch it and be unable to control anything that's going on. Like, at yeah. least if you're on the field, you can feel like, okay, I can actually do something about what's happening. If you're off I the field, I think you must be good. a little bit relieved as well. Ross, Ross just, Crenier just a little bit relieved. He slammed. I'm telling you now, he slammed a sheet of Rennie's after the game because he must have been burned on an, on the edge of an ulcer from yeah. just stress watching. Um, all right, let's let's move on to our, our final bit of the day. Um, it was really run over quite quite long. Um, um, uh, Adam, Adam, sorry, not to ruin the final bit of the day, but should we maybe? Because I remember earlier in the week we were talking about what jobs we think the Springboks are going to have after rugby. Oh, shit. Uh, Should we maybe talk about that instead to give Matt a chance to watch Band of Brothers? Yo, I hung in last week when I was, I'd already revived myself like a phoenix for Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, I was quite, I was quite, um, green. But, yeah, but, me, but me, we, being we the dude, me being oh, the no, magnanimous person that I am, I, uh, yeah. That's cool. I don't know. I've watched Band of Brothers, but I'm not going to have a huge amount to say. Let's... No, we'll do that. We'll do yours. Uh, we'll, we'll do yours. But we're, we're going to do Band of Brothers at some point. I'm sorry. I, 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 oh, oh, no. I have things to we say. Can do it. <laughs> um, all right, well, so Josh. I think no, but geez, Ben, now you put me in a bad position because now I technically owe Adam a favor. <laughs> now I've got to try and find the... Um, what did we say? Uh to try and find the list that I posted to the WhatsApp group because I've completely Good, forgotten everything I said. Basically, what we are talking about is how Good Beast is with his money. Because yes. he, he, like, yeah. he like owns a security company. He's got all that big money coming through. Like He owns a few houses. And then we were just wondering, like, what kind of do do we think the other Springboks are good with their money, like or the other rugby players yeah, are good with their what money? Is, oh, yes. We said Damien Delendi is going to be a phys ed teacher. Yeah, so so then we're kind of discussing what jobs, if they will need jobs after they've after they finish with rugby, and then what jobs do we think they will have? Yeah, so I mean yeah. I think yeah, what what kind of got us going was the fact yeah, as you say, beasts just started head on his shoulders, but also his charisma, and we were reckoning that out of all the current players, he's the most likely to be on the Super Sport panel one day. Yes, um, because he's like he's got the brains, he's got the charisma, and he's got the experience. Um, whereas like a lot of the other guys, you know, pretty yeah, kind of dumb, dumb as much. So like on the, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got, uh, Jesse Creel, who, as you pointed out, is almost definitely just going to end up as like a high school PE teacher. 
coaching like second team rugby. No, could be a personal trainer maybe. Uh, yeah, just yeah, Jesse Curl and Vili Larue are gonna own a CrossFit gym. It's together. No, Vili Larue is obviously gonna become a unicycle instructor. No, but look, it's gonna be look. Vili Larue is just gonna be like a silent partner in the CrossFit thing, and he's just gonna be there in the evenings doing his thing yeah. and all that. But yeah, he's definitely gonna have a side gig. Okay, so the yeah. so the question is, where is so and so in twenty years time? Yeah. So where's Be- where's Beast in twenty years time? I say super sport analyst. Yeah. Super sport analyst over the weekend. But, but, but he's got a lot of shit going on on the side. Like he's yeah. got no, a no, he's, he's got a he's got a small little business empire. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like super sport's actually a side hustle. Because yeah, do yeah. we? I think I think we prefaced this by saying we didn't want Beast to get lured overseas. We wanted him to sort of retire his career at the Sharks. I yes. think he will. Yeah. I think he will. And so yeah, I think he doesn't need the money. On, no. Yeah, he doesn't need the money, so I don't think he's likely to get lured away because I think he's living rather rather plush, so he doesn't need to up yeah. and up and yeah. I think that's. Okay. What... I'm going to try and go through it quite quickly. Um, where's Malcolm Marks in 20 years' time? Oof. Um... Brand brand CEO for Smeg, I think we decided. <laughs> yeah, we said CEO for Smeg. He could be a nightclub owner. Yeah, I was gonna say he, he he in, he, in would Joburg, own, yeah. he would own a few uh, Nando's franchises. So I, mean, I, I think I think he's about the nightclubs. I think he's more glamorous he's, than Nando's. He's ending up in To own a Nando's franchise is not a joke, bro. You know, and I feel no, like I'm, he's hardcore <laughs> enough as the world's best. I, yeah, I know a little bit about it, but like, yeah, yeah he, I, I just don't think it's, it's not that it's easy. I think it's more that it's not glamorous. And I think no. Malcolm Marks wants something like a little bit more up, up market. Okay. I think Marks yeah. might end up in markets like on, in a marketing firm, not necessarily, but like one of the sort of okay. higher up ideas guys in in a marketing firm. Okay, so what, I, for this what, exercise, what? I didn't have Franz Malherbe, I had Wilco Lowe as our tight head. Uh, Wilco uh, Lowe. See, he's currently an IT guy, so I presume you'll yeah. just carry on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Walker Lowe is going to be running a farm somewhere. Yeah. But in, 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 20, farm, in 20 years' time, Ben, like, won't software have kind of overtaken him? No, I, I think Volko's a Volko. I reckon he programs well. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. It's, 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 uh, 20 years' time. Super sport analyst. No, no way. No, it's a bit, it's a bit will have... Elizabeth will have his a collection firm. He'll obviously just take up the slack nah, when he's on. They made, they made... Uh, he's he's going to go to the family business. Yeah, he's going to go to the club. Eben could be a bouncer at one of Marx's yeah. clubs, maybe. Yeah, he could be the muscle. And Peter Steph? Yeah. Malcolm's also the muscle, though. They're both the muscle. I think... I think uh, did, you, oh, did you see the two of them afterwards and they were running a walk in the field and Malcolm Marx was so excited he was tapping Eben on the shoulder to try and get his attention and Eben was just making a beeline for poor Peter Stiff to toys and gouge his eyes out to stop him from crying. Eben hates stop crying him. on TV but I'll kiss yeah. his open mouth on Eben, the Eben, face. Eben hates signs of weakness. He's like, don't <laughs> cry Peter Stiff. No more tears. No more tears. Tearing his thumbs in his tear ducts but also open mouth kissing, kissing him across the entire nose. Um, well, well, I was going to say Peter Steff, he'd be that sort of guy that goes around and talks at, talks at schools and dinners as a, motivation, as a motivational speaker. You know, he's had his, he's, he's had his moment. Like, how do you make 28 tackles against men that weigh over 100 kilograms? That's like, that's almost one tackle every two minutes, you know? Yeah. So I think I think he's going to be a, a successful rugby, rugby coach, Peter Steff. Yeah, he'll, be, yeah he'll, he'll go into sort of a successful high school coach. Yeah, or like, end up at, like a Craven Week, Craven Week coach or something like that. 
Um, we missed out Franco Mostert in 20 years' time. You'll um, just be grinding Mostert away. Mostert will be like, dead. Like, Mostert will be dead in 20 years' time. Rassi's going to play him into the ground. Yeah, no, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, darkest timeline. Mostert's yes. dead in 20 years' time. Yeah. No, no, but I'm sorry. He will just be doing like hard, thankless labor. I don't know. Maybe or like... Or he's literally pulling a plow. Like... Yo, yeah, no, so, so I've got down um, an was actual it? tractor. I was going to say yeah. farmer. Yeah. I was going to say he's a farmer. Yeah. Or, oh, spoiler alert, he could end up uh, kicking the house down around the pigs. The little, uh, little animal farm. little uh, Easter egg there for you George Orwell fans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving swiftly along. Yeah. Uh, see a Khaleesi in 20 years' time. Where's he going to be? No, it was going to be Super I, I like Adam's default, Super Sport. Yeah, uh, it, I, I can see it's going to be a sport. There's no, going to be like I, I a 23 man panel in 20 years. <laughs> I think Sears is going to be a businessman. Yeah, no, he's going to own like a mid level. He already has. A, he already has a couple of companies. Like, have you seen his underwear? Frankie's. Oh, Frankie's okay. underwear. Him and him and Tim Whitehead have a an underwear company that they make very cool jocks. I think guys and girls, go check it out. Uh, Frankie's underwear. Yeah, by the way, if, if Frankie wants to sponsor up, we'll talk about you all day long. Yeah, we're happy to do it. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I think he's, I, I he's going to invest well and like yeah. just own a bunch of companies and be... Spend time with his wife and kids. I reckon he's yeah. going to be one of those dads who's there at all of your kids' games. Yeah, and do, but also uh, do like a lot of outreach. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I, th- I think he's going to give a lot back to the community, like starting up like township leagues, like... Building yeah. little rag fields in disadvantaged schools, stuff like like you'll you'll be a very positive. Ooh, could could see her going to politics? Do you think? Nah. He's too good for that. Yeah, no, he's too, yeah, I don't want him to muddy him. He's too, he's too pure as soul. I don't want to hear. I was going to use the yeah. word naive, but I think pure as soul is probably a better word. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't think it's for unlike, him. unlike Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Corrupt to the core. See, <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, Whiteley. Uh, so Whiteley, yeah, I, I, I think I've got a good idea of what Whiteley's going to be in 20 years' time. I'm going to say, yeah, possibly running a, running sort of a, a sort of quite a evangelical sort of Hope Church or what they call like Hope Church or something like that, you know, where they've got the coffee shop in, in the front and all that on a Sunday evening, maybe putt putt for the kids on a Sunday afternoon. I can see him running one of those. I think so. I think he's going to be a, a deputy headmaster. I don't know, like or a, that. All that, yeah. Where did you Where did you go to school? Uh, what? Glenwood. Did you go to Glenwood? Yeah, I was a Durban boy. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I could see him as deputy headmaster of Glenwood. Okay. Big, on, big his way, call. on his way to being headmaster one day. Big call. I think I think Whiteley will coach the box one day. No, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Nah. We'll see. Twenty years time. I'm coming calling this. He's <laughs> <laughs> on Ben. <laughs> Crate of beers to the winner. Uh, yep. Uh, let's, let's move this along. We're running, running out of time. Let's let's try. Sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, to click. Hair salon. Hair salon. Okay. Fair enough. I'll accept that. Andre Pollard. Uh, owns a fleet. He owns a logistics company. Yeah, he owns. He, he works in. He owns like some boring company. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. yeah like a dry cleaners or something. Just something. Oh no no, no! it's like data analyst or something. I think it's going to be like a high luck salesman. No, no, that's no, brilliant. Don't, don't, don't. Franco could sell a Hilux. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, 
Where are you? A pure Janchi. Look at 20, he's probably in the middle of his pocket. I don't really know. I feel like he'll be like a Paris Hilton type. He'll just be famous enough that he never has to work again. I, I don't no. know. Like, I, can see him, I can see him going into like corporates. At like, 20, just no, look, What's 20 years time, he's, you, 20 uh, years time, he's running Wakanda, to be he, fair. He, I he mean, he's going to be king. <laughs> yeah, at, I don't know what his qualification is. Because he went to Dave. Oh, it's in No, it's no in he marketing. went to Vitz. No, he went, he's, he's, got a, no, he went he's got a degree in, in marketing, I think. Oh, okay, cool. He'll be a brand. He'll like be a... He'll be like... Marks, working for Marks. Yeah, he'll, oh. he'll be working for Marks at Smeg. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Okay, Damien Delende, um, high school PE coach. Yeah. De- yeah. 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 In, Mil- in Milton, at, at the same school that he came from. Yeah. But just coaching. Yeah. Uh, Lucanio Am? Uh, I don't know. That's about it. I don't He just seems like Ooh. a very really sensible oak to me. So, I feel like Oxford, he was... Oxford Scholar. The- Scholar. What? Yeah. Scholar. He's going to go into academics after this. Oh, he's going to go to academia. He's going to teach, yeah. like, the- theory of line breaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he's from uh, Defensive uh, Channels. He's from King, so I reckon he might be involved, like, run a business somewhere, maybe, in, in the Eastern Cape. Or not. Jesse Creel? Uh, how many high school coaches do we have? I'm sticking with my, I'm sticking with my CrossFit gym owner. CrossFit? I, I don't know. I, f- I feel like that might be too that, much work for that's him. That's a good call. No, he's, he's going to be... He's, personal he's gonna give person him. trainer then. Like, he's no, going like, to have a partner. Get, he's not going to run the gym. He's going to just be like... He's going to put down most of the money in the gym. Yeah. You see, I, like, I don't think he cares about helping other people. But that's not what CrossFit's about. Well, so, so, Especially so as the think, owner. No, but if you're running a gym, like you're providing a service, right? I don't think he's that interested. Like I think... Be the like the number one customer at Philly's CrossFit gym. I don't think he's interested in actually helping other people. Also, if you think want, he, he might try to become like a bodybuilder, like a natural yes, bodybuilder. I think, I think he's gonna he's gonna end up being like like Jimmy Stonehouse, except without the rugby knowledge. He's oh, got this phone near them. Perfect Yeah, it's like I, so I think my prediction is twenty years time, JC Creel's he's gonna be like what forty six or something, forty five. I think he's gonna be a trophy husband. Um, I think he's going to marry Ooh, well. Yes. And I think he's just going to spend all his time as a kept man, just staying in shape and like sculpting his body and making sure that his wife's every need is met, basically. So and, like, he's she more than she can take him to like gala events and show him off. So he's most likely that we're going to see that that sort of uh, when we see the headline, ex buck caught in drunk driving incident or whatever, it's going to be him. No, he won't, because alcohol is Yeah, he won't spoil the temple like that. True. 20 years <laughs> is a long time, eh? Yeah, but I think he's going to maintain. I yeah. think he's got uh, the, the yeah. commitment to his own body yeah. to maintain. No, totes, yeah. Okay, no fair. It's his meal ticket. Um, yeah. So, he and then, only plays rugby because it helps him stay in shape. Yeah. Last <laughs> but not least, Villilurie, which we've covered already. Yeah, Yeah. unicycle coach. Unicycle coach, slash CrossFit owner, slash, and I'm, I'm going to call this now, he's still going to be playing rugby. Oh yeah, most definitely. He's gonna but run like, like three, three club, club team rugby. levels. Yeah, he's gonna run up for like Hamilton's or whatever. Yeah, but he'll be playing for like two or three different teams in the league. Like he'll be that guy that you could just call call him up on like the Wednesday night half an hour before kickoff, and he'll be like, "Yeah, cool. I've got my boots in, in the boot of the car. I'll be there now." What? Well, and a, well, a unicycle flies through traffic as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, he'll be like, "I'm on my way." Jumps into traffic on his unicycle, cruising around Hospital Bend <laughs> on his way to Hamilton's. Uh, no. <laughs> I like this timeline. Okay. Well, I look forward to this feature, actually. I think it's a 
It paints the it's pretty a pretty picture. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, we're done. Sorry, Adam, that took a while. No, no worries, but it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's all about the passion, Alex. That, that, that's what it's all about. Uh, but yeah, as Alex has said, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Elite Remy Band. So you can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and ACOS. Yeah, we're there too if you, if you care to look. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Congratulations to South Africa. There is no international rugby next week. So we will yep. we'll be a, a spinning wheel. Actually, um, I'll be Three Curry Cup games at least. Are you are you guys going away for the long weekend? Sorry, Ben, not you. It's not a long weekend in Mauritius. But um, I, I'm actually I'm actually taking uh, Thursday and Friday off, so it is a long weekend for me. Wasn't oh, it this God. a long weekend for you though, Ben? Didn't you say this was a long weekend? Oh, but why why can't I have another? No, no, no. I'm just saying. I mean, let's just acknowledge if you've just had one. No, my my last my last uh, public holiday on Friday. And now and I've. I've, I've created a long weekend for myself with some leave this weekend. Nice, nice. Okay, I'm getting back from a long weekend on uh, Sunday, so I think we should still be good uh, for Sunday. But uh, one way or the other, there will be content for you, ladies okay. and gentlemen, uh, that are out there. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.